Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Wednesday, March 31st. And this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms, Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. And I'm hoping to be able to jump on there myself in the coming days, so stay tuned for that. Today on the podcast, we're going to break down last night's win over the New Jersey Devils, as well as take a look at your mailbag questions. Before we get into all that, a quick reminder to please do subscribe to the podcast, whatever app you use. Each new episode automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, very much appreciated, especially if you are an Apple user. I should mention we have set a record for downloads in a month over the course of March, so very much appreciate all those who take some time to listen to even a couple episodes per week. It really does mean a lot. If you're on Twitter, follow the show at LO Boston Bruins on Instagram at Locked On Bruins, and you can find me at Ian C. McLaren. Now, before we get to the actual game, a couple notes uh, with regards to who played last night. Brad Marchand was able to return after having a false positive for COVID-19, which forced him to miss Sunday's game against the Devils. It's happened a few times with the Bruins now. Charlie Coyle, Jake DeBrusque on his first trip to the COVID-19 list, and now Brad Marchand. Um, He said, thankful for the opportunity to play, a bump in a road. He's not going to complain about it. Uh, everything that's going on, people are going to miss a couple days here and there. Not a big deal. Back at it tonight. Sean Corrali and Jake DeBrusque did remain in COVID protocols, although Corrali skated on his own before practice for the second consecutive day, joined by Andre Kasha, who's been out since the second game of the season. Brandon Carlo was also able to make his return after suffering a concussion. On a high, heavy hit from Washington's Tom Wilson on March 5th. That earned him a seven-game suspension. It was great to see Carlo back in the lineup. Uh, And Trent Frederick moved to the middle, played fourth-line center with uh, Jack Stanika and Greg McKaig recently getting a look there. And um, they both took a seat in favor of Frederick at the fourth line center spot with Anton Bleed and Carson Kuhlman on his wings. So how did the game go? Well, it was kind of up and down as the Bruins have been over the last few games. The primary scorers, the veteran players, they really came through, whereas some of the young guys really seemed to struggle. In particular, Jeremy Lozon and Jacob Borrell. Uh, you know, it was expected that there would be some bumps on the road as they emerge or graduate into full-time NHL defenseman roles and we saw that again last night with some poor clearing some bad first touches that led to New Jersey Devils goals they found themselves down 4-2 in the third period but for 
seems like the upteenth time this season they were able to erase that multi-goal deficit and come back and win in the shootout thanks to a very nifty move by Charlie Coyle. After the game, Coyle said, we need everyone. You have that leadership, guys that have been around, a lot of young guys in the lineup too. It's on the older guys to make sure they're ready to go. You learn along the way. First couple of years in the league, you learn a lot. It starts with the leadership, and then it trickles down. He thinks the guys are doing a great job. Not going to be perfect every night. We saw that again. There's going to be mistakes, whether it's the young guys. Sometimes the old guys make them too. It's how they come back, how they pump each other back up, be there for one another, talking it through. It's a team game. Everyone in there. A lot of learning going on, which is good whether you win or lose, but it is, of course, nice to get the wind. Wind? Win. Bruce Cassidy said it was a real struggle in the Bruins' end. The first touch tonight was probably as poor as it's been all year. Led to some goals against, so it's nice when you can learn lessons, you get two points, able to outscore our mistakes tonight, which has not always been the case this season, as we know. A pair of untimely turnovers, specifically by Lozon, led to New Jersey's first and fourth goals. He has been out of the lineup for a month, so I guess we can cut him a bit of slack, a bit of rust there. But still, as we get deeper into the season, that kind of stuff can't happen. And there's some real questions now about Lozon, Zborl. Will these guys be able to handle the load in the playoffs and, you know, the march to the playoffs? Uh, Do the Bruins need to address that via trade or waivers? We'll get to that here in a moment when we get to the mailbag section. But on this night, the Bruins offense was able to overcome those mistakes, thanks in part to some goals from the blue line. Charlie McAvoy made it 4-3. Matt Grizzlick with the tying goal. Uh, It's great to see those two guys getting in on the action. They were separated had been a dominant top pair in recent games. Lozon was put with McAvoy, Grizzlick with Carlo to try to help spread things out a bit, uh, but they came through respectively to help get the game to overtime as well as preserve the point and uh, get to the shootout. Craig Smith assisted on both third-period goals, also picked up a helper on Nick Ritchie's first-period goal to tie a career high with three assists. Krejci also picked up three helpers, including one on Grizzlick's tying goal when he won the faceoff to start a sequence that ended with the Charlestown native firing home a wrister from the high slot with Richie providing a stellar screen up front. The second line has been pretty great so far over the last few games. A new look line of Richie, Krejci, Smith, and Marshan said they're huge. Krejci has dominated the league for a long time. Probably the most poised player in the league. It's incredible how he slows it down. They're starting to find chemistry. We need to have everybody going if we're going to be a contending team, which is what we want to do. They're a huge part of our group. They played phenomenal. Kretsch stepped up in a big way. Marshan had his own invaluable impact on the comeback, beginning with some fire in the second period, picking up some penalties for roughing, um, but then also finding the back of the net uh, to pull the Bruins within one to make it 3-2, just under four minutes to play in the second period. Again, like I mentioned, it was the Bruins' fourth third-period multi-goal comeback win of the season, setting a franchise record. 
Marchand said, that's the staple of our team. You saw in the third period when we compete and work hard on pucks. We're hard, direct. We play together. We're a tough team to play. Completely took over that game, and we can do that for a full 60. It's got to start somewhere. It started tonight, and we've got to keep that rolling. And that, of course, is key. These comebacks are nice. They're fun. But they need to put in that effort all game long. We've seen them take over third periods, dominate, and it just needs to happen from start to finish more consistently or else this team has kind of one and done vibes in the playoffs but you know for the time being and despite all the doom and gloom on twitter the bruins are four one and one over their last six games they sit somewhat comfortably in fourth place in the east division three points up on the philadelphia flyers with three games in hand they're seven points back of the penguins with four games in hand there and the Penguins will be in town to play the Bruins on uh, Thursday night, which we will talk about tomorrow here on the podcast, also on Saturday. So a big uh, double, not double header, but back-to-back coming up on home ice against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's it for the game recap. It was encouraging to see the Bruins score and score and score again, and to pull out the extra point here in uh, the shootout. And hopefully it's something they can build on as they prepare for these couple games against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And as we get into the mailbag here, we'll talk about what changes might need to be made moving forward. But before we do that, I want to talk a bit more about Locker Room. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join a conversation about the NHL. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Bruins podcast through our locker room conversations. Go download the free locker room app available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, join the NHL group for the latest league updates. Follow me at ENC McLaren to be notified when My room goes live. Again, I haven't set this up quite yet, but I will be in the coming days. Locker room, changing the way we talk about sports. Download the free app on iOS devices and be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, join the team. Locker room, changing the way we talk about sports. Built Bar Madness is nearing the end been telling you about it for a few weeks now the best tasting protein bar on the market low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber amazing tasting covered in 100 chocolate soft and easy to chew and now is the time to find out which built bar is best cookie dough chunk has already advanced to the championship game or the championship game i should say and we have mint brownie going up against coconut brownie chunk to see who will take on Cookie Dough Chunk in the final. As a reminder, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order of Built Bars. All right, let's open up the mailbag, shall we? The first question comes from Mayor Out Loud, who's regularly on the podcast for This Week in Hockey. Every other Friday, she asks, how many times this week have you told me you're quitting hockey? I'd probably say two or three, 
uh, won definitely after the Bruins were shut out against the New Jersey Devils on Sunday. And just generally when this team cannot score and um, frustrating to watch. But they won last night, so we back, baby. Go Bruins. Winning the cup. Okay, maybe not, but uh, not quitting hockey by any stretch of the imagination. Next question was sent in pretty early, uh, earlier this week by Marco Originello at Marco A-R-I-G-A. Early question for Wednesday, mailbag. Don Sweeney, after this weekend, start the rebuild by selling off assets because they are not cup contenders this year. This question was sent in after... Yeah, the Bruins barely squeaked out a win over the Buffalo Sabres, and then after they were shut out by the New Jersey Devils on Sunday. I think we are at least a year away from starting a rebuild here in Boston, with Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron still playing at a high level, with David Pasternak and Charlie McAvoy emerging as elite players at their positions, if not having already established themselves as such. And especially with Tuka Rask and David Krejci still on the roster, the Bruins are in cup contender or cup hopeful mode at the very least. I don't see them selling off assets, uh, becoming sellers at the trade deadline this season by any stretch of the imagination. Could that happen next year? Possibly. Uh, but for the moment, I do not see Don Sweeney Selling off, does that mean he's going to add? Well, that remains to be seen as well. I've seen a lot of people suggesting, you know, they need to add a left-hand shot on the blue line. They need to add a top six winger. The thing that gets me is that they fully had opportunities to, A, retain Zdeno Chara on the blue line. Um, They didn't really seem willing to work with Tori Krug to find a deal that worked for him. I'm really starting to think that or believe that this mandate has come above Don Sweeney and that if they weren't willing to work with those guys who have been around for so long, are they going to be willing now to spend to bring in guys from outside amid a global pandemic and with, um, you know, uncertainties about when the building will be full, Jeremy Jacobs notoriously not always willing to spend and when his business is suffering through this pandemic I don't know if they're going to be willing to add and go up to the cap at the moment the whole philosophy was to ride these young guys see what they're made of and they might take that into the playoffs so I'm not convinced that they're going to be full-on buyers at the deadline either because of how we saw them navigate this past offseason they might go for some Um, smaller moves at the trade deadline, but I don't know if they're going to take that big swing. Uh, Another question came from Bryce Hillier at Bryce Complains. Do you still think this team is a couple moves away from contending? I think I said last week that this team didn't look like one or two moves away from contending. I think they do need help on the blue line. I think they do need a top six score. Whether or not they're going to be willing to give that up, I'm not quite sure. Whether or not they are going to cough up a first-round pick. That's the problem with this team as well. Like, yeah, they can give up first-round picks because we've seen over the last five years or so that they haven't really been 
successful in using those first round picks. Uh, only on a couple occasions has it really worked out. Charlie McAvoy, for example, but you know, 2015, there was Trent Frederick selected when Alex DeBrinkett was available, for example. Don Sweeney and Co. not the very best when it comes to drafting. They've made some decent trades and they've given up some assets in order to do so. But when we're talking about big fish on the trade market like Matthias Ekholm, um, do the Bruins have the assets to compete with contending teams like the Winnipeg Jets, like the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are going to be adding at the trade deadline? I'm not so sure. So what do they have? They have their first-round pick. They have some decent-looking roster players or prospects, but they don't have an elite-level prospect that they can give up. Um... Court Lalonde asked, would you be willing to give up assets to get a top six forward and who? I mean, sure, but do they have those assets to offer? Do you want to give up a Jake DeBrusque, Anders Bjork, maybe Oscar Steen, Jack Ashan, Yerovakanainen? Like they have some pieces and prospects to deal, but it's not really a position of strength when it comes to young players or... Uh, prospects or draft picks, I guess, because it'll be maybe a, it won't be a high first round draft pick. Do you want to trade a Jake DeBrusque when you need a top six forward? Could he be that top six forward? We're still not really sure. Um, so there's a lot up in the air when it comes to the Bruins and the trade deadline. I should mention Shane Gostas Bear was waived by the Philadelphia Flyers on Tuesday. I see him as an option for the Boston Bruins. A lot of people decry his defensive abilities. He's not the 65-point player that he once was. His contract stinks. He's got two years left at $4.5 million. A, if he clears, perhaps the Bruins could work out a, a trade where the Flyers retain money on that deal. But the contract itself isn't that bad in my mind. I say pick him up. Bruins fans have been lamenting the lack of offense. He can provide that. He can provide that first touch out of the zone. Yeah, he's not strong defensively, but the Bruins are a strong defensive team. You pair him with Brandon Carlo or Charlie McAvoy, they can cover any deficiencies that he has in the back end. So that seems like a no-brainer move. You don't have to give up assets. Pick him up, pay him for the rest of the season. See what happens when it comes to the uh, expansion draft or maybe flip him at the draft for a late round pick to a team that's willing to take on some cap space. But he's sitting right there for the taking. We'll see here at noon this morning if he is indeed selected off the waiver wire or claimed, I should say. But uh, when we're talking about selling off assets, what this team's willing to give up, are they a couple moves away from contending? That uh, mistake by the Flyers should be taken advantage of by Don Sweeney. Pick him up. See what happens. What What's the worst that could happen? Uh, it can't be much worse defensively than what we saw last night. And it could very well boost the power play, take some of the responsibility off Matt Grizzlick, let him grow more organically into that role. Uh, instant offensive boost there, I think. Um, so those are just some of my thoughts. There's a lot to consider when it comes to the Bruins. Is there an internal cap? Do they even have the assets to make a big splash at the trade deadline? 
and uh, also what other options are available. Take advantage of them when you can and don't have to give up assets. Thanks again for sending in those questions. Every Wednesday here on Locked On Boston Bruins, we will do a mailbag section. And I always love to get your questions, especially unsolicited. It means that you're listening, interacting with the show, and uh, I really do appreciate that. Before we get to some news and notes from around the NHL, let me talk about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They have you covered for all sports leagues as well as awards and reality TV. Real-time, updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website using your laptop or mobile device. Sign up for a free account and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Locked On NHL Fantasy Hockey Podcast is in full swing. You can get all the latest expert advice from our expert, Scott Cullen. He'll give you the tips, insights, analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow Locked On Fantasy Hockey on the Odyssey app and wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's finish with some news and notes from around the NHL. As I record this final segment, Shane Gostas Bear has indeed cleared waivers. So that allows the Flyers to save some cap space as well as potentially entertain some offers for Gostas Bear at uh, a reduced rate or with them taking on some salary to make that a bit more palatable. But a bad team with cap space definitely should have been jumping on this. I don't understand why that wasn't the case. Uh, Even the Bruins, like I said, should have taken a look um, and grabbed him for the time being and see what they can do with his contract later on. But uh, Gostas Bear clears waivers and that opens up some other possibilities, uh, but it doesn't appear as though Don Sweeney has an appetite to go there. The Bruins did practice this morning. Uh, Sean Corrali was back at practice after being on the COVID list for quite some time now. He skated as an extra with Chris Wagner. Uh, Richie Krejci with Stanika rotating in and out with uh, Craig Smith, but no real changes from the lineup uh, from last night's game. Uh, Tuka Rask noticeably absent once again. Steve Conroy of the Boston Herald kind of wondering if that will affect Boston's trade deadline plans. If he is out for any length of time, you know, certainly you have to wonder if they will be all in this year with, uh, you know, Halak is okay, but I don't know if he's carrying a team to a Stanley Cup anytime soon. Jake DeBrusque also absent. Seemingly still on the COVID list, and then Andre Kasha not in attendance either. What's going on on the rumor mill? Or Darren Dreger reports Taylor Hall's agent spoke with Buffalo Sabres GM Kevin Adams on Monday, discussing potential options for the 29-year-old left winger. Some teams could be interested in a trade and sign scenario if you trade for the player you get exclusive negotiating rights and can therefore um, you know, work on an extension, which might be more palatable for teams who are willing to make a deal, giving up some assets, knowing that they'll have some longevity with 
Taylor Hall coming back. Uh, but his asking price, or the asking price for the Sabres, can't be super high based on their season so far and Hall's uh, lack of ability to kind of push the needle in a positive direction. Going back to the Flyers, Pierre Lebrun reports it's his understanding that the team has had internal discussions whether to acquire a goalie and allow struggling Carter Hart a chance to reset and work on his game. They have seven games leading up to the trade deadline on the outside looking in at the moment. Uh, you know, it seemed as though they had the next kind of franchise goalie in Hart. He's taken a step back this season. I still am pretty high on him. It, it would be weird to just completely give up on a player of his talent at this young age. Uh, but definitely things are not right in, in Flor- oh, sorry, in Philadelphia this year. I mentioned Florida because Frank Saravelli had reported that uh, possibly they could put in a claim for Goss Bear after using or losing Aaron Ekblad due to injury, but that, of course, also was not the case. What else is going on around the NHL? Connor McDavid avoided suspension after leveling a, an elbow on Montreal Canadian center Jesperi Kotkaniemi last night. Seemed uh, pretty egregious, but they decided just to give him that $5,000 fine, which is the max allowable under the NHL's current CBA, which is uh, kind of a joke, but, you know, that's how it is these days. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for today's episode. The Bruins back in action tomorrow night against the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll, of course, be teeing that up tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much again for, for taking some time to listen, friends. Wasn't able to get to the final episode of Lady and the Dale last night, but I'm very uh, much looking forward to it. It's been an excellent miniseries on HBO, produced by the Duplass brothers. And, coincidentally, today is... Uh, trans rights awareness day trans rights are human rights full stop uh, no debate about that have a great rest of your wednesday friends and we will talk to you again tomorrow peace